electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. Hello, everybody, and welcome to The Keynote by CNBC Events. I'm Sharon Epperson. On this podcast, we bring you in-depth, candid conversations with executives, experts, and thought leaders. Today, you'll hear from Quadratic Capital founder and CIO Nancy Davis and MGO Wealth Advisors president and partner Louis Barajas. I spoke with Davis and Barajas at CNBC's Financial Advisor Summit on June 15, 2022. We talked about market volatility, the Fed, and interest rates, and how investors can navigate these uncertain times. Here's our conversation. We are looking at inflation being top of mind for so many of the advisors watching and their clients. And I want to start with you, Lewis, because you've been a wealth and business and tax manager for over 30 years. What concerns you the most about the impact of inflation on your clients right now? Well, the biggest impact is their cash flow, right? At the end of the day, a lot of the clients are, are living still paycheck to paycheck. Doesn't matter if they're earning forty, fifty thousand a year or one hundred and fifty thousand a year. Um, I just went to go fill up my gas tank this morning. I used to fill it up with sixty-five dollars. Now it's one hundred and ten to fill up my car. So um, there's a tight squeeze here, and people are starting to think about, um, you know, how are they going to make it? And then also with the looming recession, are they maybe going to lose a job? We're starting to see a little bit, you know, some of the technology companies starting to let go of some people. So um, there's, there's a lot of concern uh, among my clients right now. Are they asking you about stagflation, about recession, what this means, what your thoughts are, and what are your thoughts? Yeah, they're, they're, they're again, they're mostly concerned about their cash flow. They're concerned that, you know, a, a lot of the clients that I've had, we've had for years, and they've been through other recessions. They've, they've been through these types of economies. Uh, they know that, it, you know, it's not going to be last forever, but in the meantime, they're trying to figure out. So what we're trying to do is trying to find them more liquidity. We're trying to find them uh, making sure that all the money's not in, in equities right now because, again, they're, they're, they're scared. They're nervous. What if the market drops another 20 percent? Um, they're starting to see their portfolios go down. They're getting their, their statements at the end of the month. And so we're having these conversations. What's their, we're going back to basics. What's their time frame? What's their risk tolerance? Um, you know. How do we rebalance these portfolios? So it's a very intimate conversation, and they're paying attention now uh, more than ever. Yeah, Nancy, I mean, looking at your portfolio and what you think, how long do you expect that we're going to stay in this inflationary environment? Is your outlook as bleak as the one we heard from Kyle Bass looking for the markets to fall 30 to 40 percent more by November? I don't think anyone can be more bearish than Kyle Bass, so I will I will take the over on that for sure. Um, you know, going back to Luisa's point about um, clients and how to position client portfolios, I think the biggest risk is actually for those that are retired. If you think about your personal balance sheet, those who are in the labor market who are getting paychecks are in a better position than people who are out of the labor market and typically have more fixed income exposure anyway. Inflation is an even bigger risk to them. So what our message is to clients is don't, you're not a macro tourist. Don't make a bet on whether inflation is going to be transitory or not. If you're not in the labor market and you have an allocation to bonds, 
you are short inflation if you don't have inflation in your portfolio. So I think people need to stop speculating on whether it's going to be transitory, stagflation, inflation, recession. I don't think it really matters. If you're retired, you're not working, and you have fixed income, you have inflation risk in your portfolio, and you should try to do something to, to hedge that. That's great advice for advisors to share with their clients. And what's interesting, Nancy, is you know, you've said when it comes to watching how the Fed deals with inflation, we shouldn't just be paying attention to its decision this afternoon on rates, but also focus on the balance sheet, their balance sheet that they're looking at. So why do you think this is even more important? Well, the Fed balance sheet is almost, um, almost $9 trillion. Um, the Fed just started quantitative tightening on June 1, but actually today, June 15th is the first uh, Treasury maturity. So they're going to be letting uh, mortgages and Treasuries roll off the balance sheet. They have caps in place um, for the first three months, and then they're raising those caps. But I think that is a more important policy tool to actually um, help alleviate some of the inflation rather than just hiking policy rates. The rate hikes are really priced in. At this point, the Fed's hiked 75 basis points. They'll probably hike another at least 50, maybe 75 later this afternoon. But you have 270 basis points already priced into the rate hike market just for this year alone. And you can see that in Fed Fund futures. So I think the policy rate hikes are just hitting the demand side, but the balance sheet will really um, help shrink the money supply and that will help bring down inflation. So I expect today uh, during uh, the press conference, the Fed will be talking a lot more about using their balance sheet as a tool for monetary policy. Is that what you're going to be listening to as well, Lewis? What are you listening to this afternoon? What are you waiting to hear? Well, I, I think we're all waiting to hear that, you know, or we all feel they're going to raise, you know, three quarters, uh, you know, 75 basis points. Um, I think that's expected. I think that's expected that they're going to raise the rates more. Now, with that being said, and you know, uh, with the, the market so volatile that it is, we also need to let other people know that there's plenty of opportunities, right, in the, in this market. Um, there's opportunities to get back into the market. That, you know, uh, Sharon, I've had clients who have been holding on to cash. They got scared in March 2020, and we've got opportunities. And these are older people as well who got really scared and saw that. You know, they're still going to live a long time. The problem with retired people or people who are retiring is they're thinking, you know, we're thinking, well, what's going to happen in the next year or two? But people are living longer lives. And so we've got to get the money invested back in equities. And at some point, we're going to look back and see as, as a big buying opportunity over the next several months. So those are the conversations that I'm having. Um, I think they know that we're trying to keep inflation, you know, in control. And I think it's going to happen. I don't think it's going to be a long time before it happens, but it's, you know, it's going to be longer than a year, that's for sure. A couple of yeah. years, maybe. You hit on something that I think about all the time when I think about the work that you do, and that is that advisors are as much psychologists, therapists, um, you know, hand holders yep. as they are looking at their clients' investments <laughs> and trying to help them make the right investment decision. And I am so thrilled that we have so much participation in this summit. It is for you, advisors, so continue to put in your questions. We did get this question, Lewis. I wanted to get your thoughts on it, and that is, how do you deal with clients who panic and want to move money out of bonds, especially when bonds are also losing money with interest rates? What do you say? Yeah, and Sharon, you actually you know, hit the nail on the head. Um, we are financial therapists right now, right? We're, we're holding our clients' hands, and this I think a, a value that financial advisors have is on the behavioral finance side. 
and we're going back and we're looking at not the portfolios, but we're having conversations about their goals, their future goals. We're looking at their budgets, aligning their values. They, they seem to calm down when we move into the qualitative side and then go back and look at the portfolios and see if they're aligned with what they want to do, if anything's changed. So the conversation to me is not, hey, let's take a look at your statement and see how low it's gone and whether we need to get out of bonds and what we need to get out of this. It's let's go back to what are you trying to accomplish? How much money do you need? What are your values? How are you aligning your, 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 um, your stuff, your investments? And also, the rest of the investments that people have, people own homes, people, it's just not the stock market. They have other type of investments. They have checking accounts, saving accounts. And so we're looking at everything at this point. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play at Walt Disney World Resort. We could try to explain what it's like to get your work done on a John Deere mower, compact tractor, or Gator XUV. But to really understand the feeling, you just have to get in the seat. Learn more at johndeere.com slash get in the seat or visit a dealer near you. It's interesting. You cannot really advise. And I know when we interview you, you both always say this. Every person's portfolio is different and you have to take keep that in mind. And I wanted to share something with you that CBC recently did, and that's a survey of millionaire investors. We're going to hear a lot more about that later. But there are a few findings that really stood out to me, and I wanted to get your take on that. There's not a lot of difference between men and women when it comes to millionaire investors and the changes in their spending habits as a result of inflation. But what was interesting in the CBC survey was that their investing habits did differ slightly. Women were more likely to say that they're looking for advice on what to do with their portfolios than men. And and they're also more likely, though, to be holding or planning to hold more money in cash. Nancy, what do you think about those findings? And is that a smart idea? I mean, it's really hard with those studies to know if that is uh, representative of the whole investing universe. I think, you know, I know a lot of women who um, are, are really taking risks right now um, and a lot of men as well. So I don't think it's necessarily a gender thing. I think it really comes down to having diversified assets. And stocks are just one part of the portfolio. The interest rate markets are about five times bigger than the U.S. stock market. So I think um, looking for diversification, looking across asset classes, also looking at um, in your bond portfolio where you hold mortgages. Mortgages, really, really important to keep in mind for financial advisors that mortgages are short volatility. They're short fixed income volatility. And that's because U.S. homeowners are long the option to prepay. Therefore, if you own the financial mortgage, you're short options to homeowners. And whenever you're short options, you're short vol. And given the Fed's balance sheet is unwinding, it started June 1st, we're having the mortgages and the treasuries roll off. Mortgages in particular, the Fed might actually have to be selling mortgages because prepayments are down. So it's very important to look at if you own things like the ag index uh, used to be the Lehman ag, then it became the Bloomberg ag uh, right now. Um, the ag is about a third of it is U.S. mortgages and U.S. residential mortgages are short fixed income volatility. Is that where you see opportunity? Where do you see the opportunities right now, Nancy? So we really see it in um, trying to neutralize that short volatility exposure. Um, Quadratic manages two ETFs, both of which are long fixed income volatility. 
um, we think that's a great time to at least neutralize the short ball inside of bond portfolios and add that positive convexity because most investors are only short convexity and fixed income. Um, looking for non-correlated assets, it's super important, especially because most people, you know, although they have um, typically a lot of equities, a lot of net worth is held up in real estate too. And most professional real estate investors will hedge their interest rate risk. They just don't sit there and cross their fingers and say, geez, I hope the Fed doesn't hike too much, or I hope they keep inflation under control. They're trying to neutralize that exposure um, in their portfolios. So I think looking at non-correlated assets, especially the interest rate markets and the bond markets are super important right now for financial advisors to be thinking outside the box of that traditional 60-40 portfolio. Excellent. And then trying to find those non-correlated assets when so many things are going down is really going to be a key strategic move there. Lewis, I did want to ask you, though, about that, that survey in terms of the gender differences, but also there are differences among investors based on where they come from and where, as they're now in the U.S. as U.S. investors, they may be from somewhere where inflation, you think this is inflation, you haven't seen inflation yet because where I come from, it's so much higher. And having a very diverse group of clients that you're working with, do you see a difference in the way that people are reacting to inflation based on race or gender? Yeah, well, it's again, you know, I deal with mostly people of color and I deal with a lot of international clients in Latin America. And you're right, you know, if somebody comes from Venezuela, they've seen a tremendous amount of inflation in other countries. Um, and they're not as concerned. They, they've seen it before. They have a lot of confidence in the U.S. economy long term uh, that we know that we've got some problems right now going on. But I'm also dealing not with the, the opposite of the male and female and how they react. But I deal with a lot of uh, Latinos and a lot of African-Americans who are maybe first time investors gotten in because of fintech. And, and so they've not handled inflation before. They've not gone through a recession before. They've not seen uh, a bear market. And so this is where a lot of the hand-holding, this is a lot of education, this is going back historical and taking a look at numbers and showing them and educating them on the history of, of finance in the United States, especially international clients. So you're right, my international clients who have a lot of money come in and are kind of used to this, the clients that are maybe first generation, uh, you know, Hispanics or people uh, first generation in their, in their family to invest or have enough money to invest, are looking at things uh, and they are a little bit nervous, but again, education, um, having conversations with them, teaching them about the historical facts of, of this economy and what can go in the future. But again, not scaring everybody because again, the problem is that there's plenty of opportunity over the next several months with some great, great companies uh, right now on, on sale. And so I don't want to scare people to go all into cash. I want them to be ready to get back into the market because they're holding a lot of cash, a lot of these first generation people. Are you telling them about I-bonds? That seems to be uh, something that many advisors are saying, do that right now. You need to get into the, if you want to hold cash, hold it that way to get that 9.62% on that savings bond. Are you telling clients to do that? It depends. It depends on how much cash and, and what their goal is, right? Because again, the money is, is they're going to get, they think they're going to get that 9% and then pull the money out a month later. They're going to have to keep that money in for a while. Uh, but, it, it, you know, if they've got a certain amount of money sitting in a savings account and they want to feel comfortable that they can move $10,000 of it, you know, because that's all that basically that's your limit that you can put into those I bonds, right? $10,000 per person. Um, so that, that might be part of, of their portfolio. Uh, it depends again, if you know, we've got to go back and take a look at the suitability for that client.
Absolutely. Nancy, I want to definitely get to this because the ETF that you run is geared to capitalize on interest rate volatility while hedging risk around inflation. Can you explain how that works exactly and what type of investor is that right for right now? So I'm the portfolio manager for the quadratic interest rate volatility and inflation hedge. Um, the ticker is IVOL, like inflation volatility. You know, that's a mouthful. Essentially what it is, is it's a treasury uh, portfolio. About 80 plus percent of it is U.S. treasuries with inflation protection. Then we try to solve for the problems that exist with tips alone. It's very important for financial advisors to remember that the U.S. Treasury invented the tips market in the late 90s, in 1997. We haven't had runaway inflation, you know, really since the 70s, with the exception of right now, and tips are bonds. They 100% will lose money when real yields go higher. So we try to solve for that problem with the IVOL ETF by using fully funded options to capture a way to benefit from either higher long-term yields or falling front-dated yields. And that can bring the TIPS portfolio to investors with less volatility on the downside. If you look back, you know, IVOL just crossed its three-year track record in, uh, in May. Um, and in March 2020, we had positive performance when TIPS alone were down about 175 basis points. So it can benefit from less Fed hike expectations or higher interest rates on the long end. And that's very important because that's sort of opposite um, how mortgages lose money. With higher interest rates, mortgages lose money and higher fixed income volatility. Excellent. Excellent. Lewis, as you're telling your clients some of the tried and true that, you know, that they need to stick with their plan, that they need to continue to be investing in their retirement plans and dollar cost averaging and all of that. Are there new strategies that you are suggesting? Because this time it is a little bit different for that particular client. Well, you know, I, I've been doing this for 35, you know, almost 40 years. And we keep saying every single time it's a little bit different. Um, I think it's, it, it, it's not that different. I think that we're going to go through some tough times. What I'm trying to do is I'm trying to hold on to the biggest part that affects most regular people uh, investment portfolio that affects the most. And that's behavioral, which is we always go back to those two emotions, fear and greed. And at this point, you know, I'm trying to make sure that my clients don't have that fear so they don't make those knee-jerk reactions and then actually lose more money than any other investment um, that we have right now. So if I can get them to understand that, uh, you know, we've seen a portion of this. I know it's always something new. We've never seen this before. Uh, it seems like I hear it every single for the last 35 years. Uh, <laughs> but we do go back to basics and we go look for opportunities and we, we focus on the future. Um, I, you know, I don't do day trading. I, do, I don't trade day to day. I, I look at portfolios for clients that are trying to save for their kids' education, for retirement, uh, for buying a house, for things that, you know, are important to them. And, and uh, so, yeah, so right now I'm focused mostly on the behavioral side, to be quite honest with you. That was Louis Barajas, MGO Wealth Advisors president and partner, and Nancy Davis, Quadratic Capital founder and CIO. They joined us at CNBC's Financial Advisor Summit on June 15, 2022. The keynote is produced by the CNBC events team. If you enjoyed this conversation, please share with your friends. You can visit CNBCEvents.com to learn about upcoming events and how you can join us. I'm Sharon Epperson. Thanks for listening. It's hard not to add a side of hot, crispy hash browns to your favorite McDonald's breakfast. 
It's even harder not to eat said hash browns before you get home. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.